and welcome to Queer Me Out Chasing Tales, the podcast that brings you tales of epic destinations told through queer voices. I'm Harriet Rose, a presenter and DJ, and today we'll be chasing tales about Amsterdam with Miss Envy. Miss Envy Peru is a drag performer and the winner of season one of Drag Race Holland. In this week's episode, we're diving into Amsterdam, its drag scene, Miss Envy's first queer experiences in the city, and all the ways Amsterdam has transformed her outlook and perspectives. Queer Me Out, Chasing Tales is a Gay Times and W Hotels original podcast series. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Miss Envy Peru, welcome. How are you, honey? I'm good, Harriet. It's nice to actually finally meet you. Connect, in, in this I way. Know. Connect, yes, yes. I'm so excited to be here. I'm going to kick off with some starter questions because we want to get to know Miss Envy Peru. Who are you? Who is Miss Envy Peru? Who is Miss Envy Peru? Well, Miss Envy Peru is a Peruvian queen. She started six years ago professionally. And I climbed my way up by uh, hosting and performing at the biggest stages here in Holland. For the public, I was known for hosting a TV show. I was one of three drag hosts in Holland. And after that, the year after, Drag Race Holland came and I won Drag Race Holland. Yes! <laughs> Yes, and uh, ever since I've been doing a lot of uh, national TV as a personality, guest, uh, a judge on various shows like Drag Race España. Congratulations on winning season one of Drag Race Holland, as you just mentioned. Thank you, darling. Obviously, Drag Race season two for Holland is coming. Um, Who have you got your eye on? to win? This is a very special season for me because in this season I am the makeup artist of the host of uh, Fred. So I've been there. I've been there the whole ride and it, it was so fun actually to see how this goes like on the other side of the competition you know how they make the decisions who stays in who goes out who's gonna lip sync who is safe and this season is a very special season for me because a lot of these queens in this season are personally very good friends of mine tabita was the queen that gave me my first paid gig in amsterdam wow yes so she's like a drag mommy who birthed me and uh, (laughs) and vanessa van karje miss continental 2019 she is my drag mom and she's the one that educated me and Ivy Elise Monroe is my uh, I'm in a drag house and she's one of my sisters in that drag house and the Countess was the makeup artist the year before of uh, Fred but is now competing she is like my little drag baby not officially a drag daughter but I've known for the beginning I gave her first bookings and we're really close it's like a family affair right now like everything's part of the family but I think What's lovely to hear about that is the strong and undeniable bond that is created with drag and through drag and whilst performing, but also coming in. Because to hear that so many queens gave you your first opportunities, but then you're there doing it for somebody else Mm -hmm. and passing that mantle on, it's just so heartwarming to hear. Who would you say is the queen that you look up to or admire the most in the world? Like another queen. Growing up, I didn't have a lot of people that I could look up to, a lot of role models. But I remember when I saw Dana International on the Eurovision, I was like so drawn to her. But her diva song was so fabulous. I was like, I don't even knew back then why I loved her so much. But now all it makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Not that I'm trans, but she was different and I felt different. And 
when I start doing drag, of course, there's RuPaul, which is uh, an icon for every single drag queen. But yeah. in my drag career, my biggest inspiration always has been Raven. Because she's a makeup queen, I'm also a makeup queen. Uh, I started my drag career because I was in makeup. And I really love what Raven does also with her show. She can just stand there and commands attention of the whole room just by being there and doing her lip sync so sensual and so with so much power, but very poised. Because nowadays you see a lot of high kick splits and tricks and everything. But I find it so much more interesting if I go to a drag show and there's a queen that just by standing there and doing their lip sync is captivating. I couldn't agree more in regards to Raven as well because she was just the perfect merging of like, she had like an icy tongue, like mm -hmm. she could say things that were quite like direct and, you know, a bit naughty, but also mm -hmm. she had that softer side, you know, and I think I was definitely very drawn to her and I kind of just want to meet her so that she would read me. I want to be read by Raven, like for sure. <laughs> yes, I just want to see her makeup up close, you know. Oh yeah. What's the thing that you love about Drag Race? Like for me, I think even though the process is always the same and we know the different challenges that we know will always happen in each series and no. you don't know who you're going to love and who you're going to not love. And for me, it's that chance that anybody could switch you and you could suddenly be like, they're the winner halfway through the series, yeah. right at the end, you have no idea. And you never lose that sense of surprise with Drag Race and that's why I love it so much you know yeah you never know you know when I was entering my season it was very hard for me coming into the competition because I felt so much pressure to mm -hmm. live up to the expectations and I remember the first episode imagine I've been locked up in quarantine for months and preparing all my drag stuff and then suddenly you are in a studio with 10 screaming queens <laughs> And I was like, oh, no, yeah. get me out of here. I cannot handle this. You know, yeah. it was too much for me. Yeah. And um, already, like in the first episode, the queens are already playing like little mind games with me, showing their garments, mm -hmm. what they're going to wear, telling me how much is spent on uh, on the show. And I was like, uh, OK, well, <laughs> we will see how this goes. But I felt very nervous. And I can see my nervousness in the first episode that I was not myself. And uh, luckily... I redeemed myself in the second episode because I thought, okay, no, this inner saboteur is not gonna, not gonna screw me over. You know, come on, MV, wake up no. and uh, be in the moment and be present. Well, you proved it because you yeah, won it. Yeah. So <laughs> you did it for yourself and that is incredible and it's very inspirational. As we're a traveling podcast that talks about the journeys and the stories of when we travel, how does traveling make you feel? I love traveling. I love traveling. I even just love to pack my things and go to travel, you know. People always complain, oh, I hate to pack. Now, well, actually, I hate to pack. But, I, <laughs> but I, li I, li I like the idea that you are packing to go somewhere and mm -hmm. uh, to explore a new side of the world or a new city. I love to meet the queens in every city that I go, I meet the fans of the show. It makes me feel very happy and also seen because your hard work is paying off, you know. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm not really aware of the impact of the show, you know, how many people watch it. And then, yeah, you realize, oh, okay. This is quite a broad question, but where have you been and where do you want to be when it comes to traveling? Before Drag Race, I was already like traveling all over Europe. I've been in uh, Norway, Budapest, Germany, uh, Belgium, Spain, Estonia, Peru as well. 
Now, after Drag Race, we had some promoters coming in from the UK, from the US, and they really want to bring me to South America as well. And that's all for the future because I have a lot of fans and supporters in South America. You need to get over there. Yes, yes. And that's, that's the nice thing of the Latin community. They support you. They yeah. hardcore support you. And the UK is like one hour from here, from Holland. Get over here. Get I over need to here. go over there. Yes, yes, I, I will. I will. We're looking forward to having you. We're looking forward to having you. Miss Envy Prue, as you know, we're chasing tails in Amsterdam today. And we want to kind of warm up. Let's get a warm up into the okay. holiday vibe. Yes. So for Miss Envy, is it a swimsuit or a bikini? Corona hit me hard, so swimsuit. <laughs> <laughs> She's a classy lady. Advanced yes. packing or on the day? Uh, advanced packing. Ooh, good girl. I'm impressed. Yes. Room service or eating out? Eating out. Mm. Definitely. Going out, out or chilled vibes? Oh, I'm both, but uh, let's go out, out. Live out of a suitcase or unpack in the hotel's wardrobe? Unpack. Oh, yeah. All right, we're going to jump into some Amsterdam-specific ones now. Okay. Canal boats or bike? Canal boats, definitely. <laughs> Ooh. Sex museum or Van Gogh? Ah, oh, so hard. <laughs> Sex museum, I've never been there. But I'm oh. very interested what to see there, yeah. <laughs> oh, we can go together. Okay, mini pancakes or stroopwafels? Stroopwafels, uh, pancakes. That I said, I tried to say it right. Stroopwafels, there we go. <laughs> stroopwafels. Stroopwafels. Oh, Good yes. Oh, is that okay? So which yeah. one did you say? Pancakes. Oh, pancakes, yummy. Cocktail or wine? Cocktail. And dive bar or paradiso? Paradiso. Yes. Well yes. done, Miss Envy Peru. You passed with flying colours. Okay, so we're going to go have a little nostalgic moment now. I kind of want to go back and really learn about your time in Amsterdam. So tell me a little bit about the first moment you, if from what you can remember when you first came to Amsterdam and what brought you there. Well, back then we had hives in Holland. What is hives? Because I've never heard of it. Hives was like Facebook. It oh. was like the Facebook of Holland. Yeah, prior to Facebook, we had hives here. And then Facebook no. came and got bigger and I think Facebook bought Hives and then they deleted the website and everything moved to uh, <laughs> to Facebook. Facebook. Oh, okay, yeah. I see. And mm -hmm. I had a very good friend. It was my first gay friend, Rolf Eitjes is his name. And he was like this beautiful Hives model. Gorgeous. Right. Yes, I had a little bit of a crush on him as well. But we became very good friends. But I was still so in the closet. I think I was 17 years old. But once a month... We secretly went to Amsterdam to go to this party, Multi Sexy. That was a queer party and it was like very techno-y and uh, it was in Club 80. It doesn't exist now anymore. But that was like my first time in the Amsterdam scene. But it was all a secret, you know. He was in the closet, I was in the closet. So that was very nice and wow. uh, very exciting. Yes, but I was so shy. 
I was so shy. I was such a different person that I am now today because the moment I got home and I tried to be as straight as possible, every little gay thing that I had inside, I didn't allow myself to let out. And at this party, I did that. Still a little yeah. bit holding back, but I love to see that I'm not the only one, not the only gay in my village, because I was. <laughs> yeah. And what did it feel like having held that part of you back, but being able to be in this party and just letting a lot of it come out? How did that feel? It felt amazing because it was like the girls that came there were all beautiful models of Holland's Next Top Model. And they were like beautiful queer people. I still have a lot of nice memories from that time because I, I was already making pictures <laughs> in the clubs. And that was very uncommon because you didn't saw anybody doing that. And that time with him was really nice. We did it for, I think, quite some years. And when I turned 21, I came out of the closet. So it took me four years to finally come out <laughs> since my first gay party. And that's why I went to the, the Amsterdam Gay Pride that same year. And that was like totally an experience, you know, because that was the first time that I saw the Kennel Cruise, the Kennel Parade for the first time. It was magical. And yeah. I remember thinking, one day I'm going to be on a boat too. Oh, that's so wonderful. And, you know, you say it took four years, but actually that is no time at all when you are unraveling something that has been raveled up for so long. Yeah. You're becoming the butterfly mm -hmm. in that time. And it does take time and it takes a conscious effort to be able to slowly be comfortable with being you. But it's so beautiful to hear that you were able to do that in a way without having to hide it completely. You had an outlet and yeah. then were able to fully blossom, you know, when you hit 21. Yes, but even when I was 21, I was still like, dealing with inner homophobia moving to Amsterdam was the best decision that I ever took mm. because there you find your people you find your tribe that's where drag started for me as well and this city really opens my life and made my life so much beautiful what was it about Amsterdam that made you feel so comfortable to be queer I was living in Hilversum which is a little small town 30 minutes from here Amsterdam is really known to be very open-minded and we are really aware that we live in a bubble here. If you just travel 30 minutes out of Amsterdam to a smaller city, then it's a completely different story if it comes to acceptance. Mm -hmm. And even till this day here in Amsterdam, people think, oh, it's so accepted, but we still deal with a lot of homophobia and beatings and attacks mm -hmm. on queer people. So it still happens here, but it happens in a lot of places. But Amsterdam being the capital of Holland, being the capital that legalized same-sex marriage in the world, being number one, now being at number 12 worldwide, if it comes to um, rights and um, acceptance, is, uh, is really shocking to me. So I think we still have a lot of improvements to, uh, to do on this subject. But it's a nice city for queer people to make their first steps and finding their tribe. It's just so lovely to hear, but also you're right, there's no end to the journey. You know, we need to keep making changes and making things better for others. Um, and as your city of choice, what does Amsterdam mean to you? You know, the city that gave me my boyfriend, my first booking, love, my career, the community, my chosen family. You know, the kennel parades is like the, the highlight of the year here in Amsterdam. Can I have your fondest memory of the canal parades? Like sights, sounds? I want to feel like I'm there with you because I've never been. Like, what? how did it feel emotionally? What about the people? Oh, wow. 
Amsterdam is at its beautiful at uh, at gay prides at the canal parade. You have here the Prinsengracht, which is a very long canal. We start from the Ai River. We need to get up very early into makeup. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be there at probably nine in the morning. So what time does that mean getting up? Uh, that means like getting up at six. Oh, probably yes. Shower, shaving. And then taking a cab there at the cannon parades. I was always on the boat for the Adam Tower. There's a very big tower here in Amsterdam with amazing parties and, uh, and a beautiful view as well for the whole city. And uh, me and the mermaids, my group, were always booked every year on that boat. So we need to get that very early at nine. And every single person that is on the boat starts coming in. And we all have a theme. And I remember we had this theme that was the Garden of Eve. The three of the girls of the drags were like um, Eve with big crowns and beautiful costumes. And it was designed by Claes Iverson. That was the designer who also designed the winning dress of wow. Drag Race Holland. He designed also the boats and styled it. So imagine you need to line up every single boat. I think there are like 40 boats. I don't know if I'm correct. They need to line up in the river. Mm-hmm. And the moment that you start... Entering the canals, every boat has their music, you know. The, the boat in front of us is a Middle Eastern boat. The boat behind us is a transgender boat. And uh, you see uh, another boat there is the, it's the police boat, for example. Yeah. And when you enter the canals, you have like the bridges and you need to dive down so you don't hit your head on the oh. bridges. And, and every time you pass the bridge... You see the sea of people supporting you and screaming and clapping, you know, and partying with you. And that moment, if you're on the front of the boat, that gives you goosebumps. Yeah. Goosebumps from your spine to your butthole. You yes. know, it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful moment. And that continues like in every single bridge. Mm-hmm. You know, every single bridge, a party starts again. And yeah. um, and that's beautiful. It's a long trip, but it's something, it's unforgettable. Oh, it sounds amazing. I'm definitely going to try and come down for that because it sounds wonderful. It is. I started working at MAC, MAC Cosmetics, uh, when I moved to Amsterdam. I worked there for mm-hmm. five years and MAC Cosmetics opened my world, you know, because that was the first time that I saw in a company which is dominated by gay men and women and trans women and... I love that, you know. I finally chose when I started working at MAC to choose for myself and do the thing that I really loved to do, and that was makeup. And Tabita was my colleague, Tabita, uh, the, the, who gave me my first job, who is now in Drag Race Season 2. She wow. was my colleague as well at MAC. And she gave me my first booking because she saw my Halloween pictures because I'm a Halloween queen. Yes! <laughs> I doing, yes, I was only doing like uh, drag makeup on Halloween. And she said, girl, you look way too good to just only do drag on Halloween. You know, I'm going to book you for this booking on Amsterdam 54. And said, but I don't have a name. So we'll just make a name up, you know. <laughs> and that was the first time I did my booking. It was six years ago now. Wow. And so having her push you into doing mm-hmm. it spiraled everything into what it is now, which is so exciting. Those small moments that you don't even think anything of. Someone no. sees your talent and says, go and do it. And you're like, what? Okay, I will. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the first time you performed as a drag queen in Amsterdam. Well, the first time that I performed, it was actually as Carmen, because I was obsessed with Carmen Carrera. 
Ah. And um, it was at Milkshake Festival. It was not a performance, not a lip sync, but it was um, go-go dancing. It was amazing from beginning to end. I was on that stage twirling and feeling everything, you know, I was on my heels. And, you know, that first time is so exciting. And I just completely let loose of mm -hmm. everything. But my first lip sync performance was at uh, Amstel 54. That was the booking that Tabita gave to me. And I... Yeah. The first song that I did was the Golden Filter, Favorite Things, which is a song that Raven also did. Very sensual. You, mm -hmm. She talks about her favorite things. It can be chocolate, it can be leather or wine or vodka. And <laughs> then she says, these are a few of my favorite things. You know, it's very, it's just very, yeah. ooh, it's so sexy. And I was like a new queen and everybody was like, who the hell is this queen? You know, yes. where, where, where did she came from? And people start talking. From there, I got asked to perform at the Reguliers, which is the main street, the gay street of Amsterdam, where all the clubs and the bars are. Mm -hmm. And I've been uh, receiving more bookings because it was the right place at the right moment. And it sounds like, you know, you went in on such a high, but obviously we know that being a drag queen is a lot of work. You know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Like you say, when you're arriving somewhere at nine, you need to get up at 6 a.m. to make sure that you're able to have time to get into into full drag. Has yeah. there ever been a moment where maybe you've had a period where you thought about giving up, but was there a one performance where you were like, I am never giving this up, I'm going to keep going forever? You know, after winning... I was expecting so much more to do and mm -hmm. I wanted to travel. And I felt sad at one point because everything was on live streams and online. That was really a moment that it hit me as if I cannot do the thing that I love to do. And so why am I doing this? I'm not enjoying doing the live streams. And then at one point, at last Pride here in Amsterdam, I was able to perform again in front of an audience. And I was also able to do the pre-show for Bianca Del Rio in the Amsterdam Theater. And that really just... Uh, I was so happy because it remembered me. So, oh, this is why I'm doing this. My heart is in performing and being mm. in front of people and hearing their cheer, hearing their applause and meeting them, seeing their happy faces. That really remembered, oh, this is the reason why I'm doing this. And that is so and, inspirational because we all yeah. need that. Yeah. You know? So let's talk a little bit about the drag scene in Amsterdam. I want to get a bit more into the location itself, a bit more into Amsterdam as a place. Yes. What is the drag scene like in Amsterdam? Because you've mentioned it's a small drag scene, but it's also a tight-knit community. So tell us a little yeah. bit about what the drag scene's like in Amsterdam. Well, the drag scene, uh, it's, it's amazing. It really blossomed to something so much more than it was. I remember when I started, we had like older generation queens, like the legends here who have been doing drag for 20, 30 years. And we had some fishy queens and I was one of those fishy queens. <laughs> and, uh, and there were not a lot of uh, diversity back then. And nowadays, you know, we have like this big drag house competition in Amsterdam, in Paradiso, called the Super Bowl. And that's uh, an event that 10 drag houses compete with each other to become the drag house of Super Bowl, the drag house of the Netherlands. Okay. And in my first year of doing drag, I've, uh, I was there with Ivy and Abby, and we won that competition. Yeah, That really catapulted our careers to uh, another level in the scene. Ever since that year, you've been seeing a lot of new kind of queens popping up. You know, we have the club kids, we got the bearded queens, the AFAB queens, conceptual queens. Queens, but also a, a huge ballroom scene as well, you know, with a lot of femboys up in drag. For a small country, I think we have a lot of diversity. And also for such a small country as the Netherlands, having like a big show like Drag Race 
it's amazing. Our community is really nice and really diverse. And if you want to see the queens, you need to go to the Reguliers. Yeah, get your papers out and your pen. The Reguliers Dwarfstraat. That's the street that you need to go. We have like the bars there. We have the clubs. We have Club Nicks, Soho, Barbland, Taboo. And hopefully we're going to have some more gay bars popping up there uh, in the next coming months. That street is, yeah, it's a treasure for our community. That's incredible. How accessible would you say Amsterdam is for party goers of all different stripes, people from different communities and different sections of society? Like, how accepting and welcoming is Amsterdam, would you say? If it comes to the people living here, you know, especially if I talk about our queer community, I think everybody's really welcoming. And the Dutch can be very direct, but they also are able to help. If you have need some advice, for example, hey, do you know where this party is? Do you recommend something while I'm here? They will always be able to give you some tips. And the drag queens always know where the good parties are, you know. So I think if you if you come to Amsterdam, go to the Reguliers and uh, meet up with uh, with some people here. That street is like a big party street. And I think it's very important if you come to Amsterdam, meet some locals because they know where the parties are or where the underground parties are, if, if you like that, or the techno scene, because we have also a very cool techno scene here. But you need to know where it is. There's so much to do here. Meet the right people and ask around. Yes, meet the locals. That's a very good piece of advice. Tell me about some of your favorite things to do in Amsterdam. I love to go to the drag brunches. We have a lot of drag brunches nowadays here. Uh, also by Totally Offense in the W Hotel. Yes. Yes, double shout out to W Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite things here in Amsterdam, and I think one of the places you can spot me, is the Reguliers, is the Gay Street. Amsterdam has one of the most museums in the world, you know. So if you're really into arts, then this is also just a city for you to come and yeah. visit. Yeah, there's an, all kinds of arts. Uh, you know, we have a cat museum, we have a dog museum, we have a sex museum, Van Gogh, you know, the Rijks Museum. A lot to see. A lot to see and a lot to do. I can't wait. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to bump into Miss Envy Peru in Amsterdam, you need to go ask her where the best places to go are because she knows. And I will bring you with me. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Envy, if Amsterdam was a cocktail... What yes. cocktail would it be and why? Ooh, a sex on the beach. Ooh, why would it be a sex on the beach? Because it's a very sexy city. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's very openly sexual here as well. Yeah, the Dutch are very open, especially the gays, <laughs> are really open to uh, to those kind of subjects, you know. I think, yeah, if, if I see around, you know, everybody's like, you're finding love in the wrong places maybe or maybe in the right places. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's Sex on the Beach, but it's a, it's a sexy city. And Sex on the Beach, what's in that? Sex and vodka. Sex and vodka. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's like vodka, peach snaps, cranberry, and then I think some sort of fruit juice, like an orange juice. Basically, it's super fruity, super sexy, yes. and super Amsterdam. Do you feel like you've had sort of transformative experiences through travel, finding that sort of sense of rest and peace and rejuvenation? Has travel ever been about self-care for you? 
Of course. I think it's very good for your mind, for your for your spirit and your soul to see different places than your own places. Mm-hmm. When I traveled to Peru last year, it was for me a travel to experience more of the culture, the history, but also just to see my family and to just yeah. tune out for a moment. Don't do drag, but have personal moments and making adventures with my boyfriend as well and with my family and making memories that will last a lifetime. And I think that's where travel is very important because if you have a nice travel companion or you're with a nice group, you make memories for a lifetime. And what kind of fun things do you like to do with your boyfriend when you guys travel for the kind of fun and adventure when it's nothing to do with work, when you're just wanting to create those great memories? What kind of stuff do you like to do together? I just love to see more about the history of that place, of that city. So I always look up into a book, a tour guide that can bring me to a special monument or special museum or to learn more about that city's history. Mm -hmm. That's number one always for me. Also to see how the queer scene is over there, you know, to compare it with our own scene and meeting new people, meeting new gays or whoever. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. And how have you used traveling to sort of better yourself or better the world? The only time that I really experienced that so immensely and so deeply uh, was in Peru. When I was there in Lima, the capital, some of the drag performance there, and they invited me to their shows. And I came in drag there, also with my auntie and my uncle and my boyfriend also joined. And just seeing the queer community there embracing me. And that was even before Drag Race. But they were Mm. really so proud of me with what I was achieving uh, here in Holland. So it was very nice to be there and just seeing all the Peruvians and also for them to feel represented in the world. And then, of course, after Drag Race, after I won, I cannot even imagine how it will be when I go back to Peru and seeing all the, the community again. It must, it must be crazy then. It's um, going to be amazing. I can't wait for amazing. that for you. Oh, I yes. really can't. Yes. How do you think that Amsterdam has changed you? Amsterdam gave me my life. Amsterdam made me the man that I am today. If I would not have moved to Amsterdam, this all would not have happened. And um, I really thank Amsterdam and the people living here and the friends that I made here to be like-minded and very supportive. And I really made friendship that will last a lifetime here in Amsterdam. Mm. It's a beautiful city to live in. You need to choose your locations where to live here because there are also some areas that are a little bit dangerous. You know, if you're really tempted about temptations or, you know, drugs or alcohol, this can also be not the city for you. You need Mm. to also be strong in your mind. You know, because there's a party like every day and it's very easy to slip in that party mood, you know, when you move to Amsterdam. So oh, there's a party every day and continue, continue, continue. But it's you will not keep up, you know, doing that for months. No. You really need to take care of yourself and be mentally strong as well to uh, to say no to the temptation sometimes. And when do you first remember not having to remember that you were queer in Amsterdam? I've been always reminded I'm queer. I always notice when I'm just walking here in the street, people see that I'm queer. You know, I'm obviously very gay. (laughs) Sometimes they smile at you and sometimes they don't. And that's okay. That's fine. When I go to my bookings, uh, now I do everything by car. But back in the days, I I just walked to my bookings because I was living in the city center. And I always walked with a full face of drag, but with a hoodie on, you know, looking like a pimp. They won't see me as an easy target. But when they approach me, they see like this, what was that? I saw this this pimp with a drag face. What the hell, you know? But uh, I, I was already gone. <laughs> you <laughs> You're know? already because, gone. Yeah, because you, you don't want to be a victim of the violence, you know, because it can happen. Mm. It still happens here. Yeah. You can get beat up 
by being queer and being gay. And I'm always reminded and I always, I'm always careful. Sometimes my boyfriend even wants to hold my hand. And when we just pass a group of people and I, I always, no, 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 don't do it, you know, because I'm always, I'm always like aware that things can happen. Yeah. And I think when you are in the community with your own people, that's your normal. And that kind of links to this question actually is what makes you feel safe in Amsterdam as a queer person? Is it the community then in that sense? Yes, definitely. The community, your friends, the people you work with. That's my bubble. That's the bubble that makes me feel safe. And that's lovely to hear. We're nearly at the end of the show. I'm very sad yeah. because it's been so wonderful to chat to you. But my final question okay. is, what three pieces of advice would you give a queer person traveling to Amsterdam? Find the community, go to the gay street and uh, socialize there and ask a local for some recommendation what to do in that week when you're staying. Yeah. And just have the best time of your life. Yes. Do the Cano cruise, you know, go to the Anne Frank house, do some history because it's a lot of history as well in this city. I think it's really nice. If you can go have like a little party on a canal on a boat here, that's fabulous. I love that. Thank you so much, Miss MV Peru. Honestly, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. It's wonderful to watch everything for you blossom and blossom and blossom. And I can't wait for you to be able to get out and about around the world to see all your fans. Thank you so much, sweetheart. I cannot wait to go to the UK and to do a fabulous show and meet all the queens there because I have a lot of friends there as well, you know, uh, who I haven't yeah. seen for such a long time. So I hope to come uh, to the UK very, very, very soon. And I can show you around when you come to the UK, although you probably know oh. better places than me but oh, no deal 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 <laughs> thank you so much honey thank you so much sweetie and we keep in touch it was so wonderful chatting with the fabulous miss mv peru join us next week for a deep dive into barcelona with carlotta barrera queer me out chasing tales is a gay times and w hotels original podcast series and is available wherever you listen to your podcasts if you enjoyed this episode, leave a review and make sure you tell all your friends. Be sure to follow Gay Times and W Hotels for the latest events and happenings around the world. If you're planning your next trip to Amsterdam, be sure to follow W Amsterdam on Instagram for all the latest goings on. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at I am Harriet Rose and Miss MV Peru at Miss MV Peru. Thanks for listening, honeys.